We are the Illinois Paranormalists. We are a paranormal investigation team out of the far western, southwestern suburbs of Chicago. We, however, travel through multiple states and pretty much anywhere we can ghost hunt. Um, we want to talk with you today about our investigation at Fox Hollow Farms, which is the former home of Herb Baumeister, the I-70 killer, and also just other serial killer. Um, first, want to introduce ourselves. I am, again, Paul Schmidt. I am the leader of the team, and I schedule everything and deal with it all. I'll introduce now or send it over to Leslie. Hi, my name is Leslie. I have been a part of TIP for many, many, many years now. I don't even, I can't even count them at this point. Um, have a great time investigating stuff, have an even better time talking about it with people. So we're really excited to talk about this investigation today. It was one of our more memorable ones, in my opinion, of just being at the house and the history of it. And we're just really excited to talk about what happened and our thoughts on Fox Hollow Farm. And I'm Brandon Schmidt. I'm Paul Schmidt's son who started ghost hunting with him uh, before any of this even existed way back when. I'm sort of a ringer and uh, I was at this hunt and it was super interesting and I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah, Brandon went with me on my very first ghost hunt ever. Oh, did. Down in Indianapolis at the Hannah House. Yeah. I've never cool, been there. It was a cool place. Yeah, it was cool. Nothing happened, particularly since. All crowded. It was crowded. They assured me they wouldn't have more than like 10 people, and instead they had like 16 people, including a whole group of soccer moms and little tiny kids. Ew. So the noise level, yes, was <laughs> Made high. it a little difficult, but <laughs> And I still remember we're sitting in this one room, and a kid comes in and shines this huge flashlight right in our faces. But the father and you know, son like, bonding time yes, that you guys had you is go. just, you I know. mean, the feeling of being in a historic place is really, that's one of the things that is so so interesting about it, and starting that, was, that out. That was supposedly part of the uh, Underground Railroad, but right. okay. I found in the Midwest, almost every place you go has been <laughs> yeah. claimed to be part of the Underground Railroad. Yep. Just like every place Al Capone visited. Of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's kind of like East Coast where you hear like Washington slept here. Well, no, here it's Al Capone. Right. <laughs> so anyways, uh, again, this was one of our more interesting investigations. It, um, I mean, how often do you get to go to a home of a serial killer? Like um, never, hardly. Never. Gacy's home was torn down and dug up and they built a new home there. Mm-hmm. And this is a beautiful, big, like a mansion. Well, I mean, it's a Tudor style. A Tudor style. It's, it's pretty large. It's got a separate apartment and a huge garage, which we didn't look in, but we think it was full of sports cars based on the inside of the house. Yeah, because he wasn't doing any farming. Right. And that, yeah, he was, that my was, husband would have loved that. But, but they, um, oh, let's, let's get to the thing. Herb Baumeister. Creepy guy. So a lot of this all took place back in the 80s and 90s. He and his wife, I believe, had met in college, and they got married. And uh, they opened up a series of stores called Save-A-Lot. Now, it's not the grocery store Save-A-Lot that we know of around here. It was like more of a thrift store. And they proved to be very successful. And they ended up moving into this Tudor-style home. Um, I think it was on a contract to buy basis with the owner. And it was, 
gosh, what, 17 acres, 18 acres? Yeah, it was pretty big. It's a horse farm. And so they ended up buying the home, and they had a few kids together. And they also had a, a second home up in northern Indiana that his father had owned. So they would spend a lot of time up there, and his wife would spend a lot of time up there with their children, which gave him the opportunity to go into Indianapolis, where he would go to uh, gay bars. And he would meet men there, and he would use the name Brian Smart, I believe. I believe, yeah. And he would take them back to this mansion, which, mind you, in the basement, there is an in-ground pool inside and a bar. And he would tell them that it was his boss's home, and he was going to take them back there, and they were going to party and have a good time. Well, only one person would walk out of there alive, and that was usually Brian Smart, a.k.a. Herb. So uh, it was one of our more creepier investigations because a lot of places we go to are just like really historical and everything happened, you know, in the 1800s, 1900s, you know, this was way recent. So it was kind of hard. It was it was hard being there. Yeah. The other thing I'll mention um, now, I was going to talk about it later, but when he moved to this house and started killing people in the house, it also, other murders that were taking place ceased, which was the I-70 killer. The I-70 killer dropped like 50 bodies mm-hmm. along I-70, and that's how the police kind of figured out that that was like his route to his work. And um, so he had killed these additional 50 people, as yeah. well as between 11 and 17 on this property. Um, and I say that because I think they can definitely prove 11 but they think I was closer to 17 or 18. Right before the police were closing in on him, he destroyed all the skulls. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't really get an accurate count. And the crazy thing is he was just throwing them in the woods behind his house. I mean, you've got kids running around, but he would tell the kids, oh, you've got allergies or whatever, stay out of the woods. And apparently they listened, which is crazy to me because I know my kids wouldn't listen. (laughs) But he was just like throwing the, just tossing them out there. And I believe the son actually did find a skull one day and brought it up to the house and showed the mom. And she confronted Herb when he got home. And he, well, his, Herb's father was a doctor. He said, oh, that was part of my dad's collection. I had thrown it out in the woods. And apparently she believed him. Also because of the fact that he would just put the bodies in the woods The bones all got scattered everywhere Mm -hmm. due to erosion and also due to animals. Mm -hmm. So I know the present owner was telling us that he and his wife would still go for walks through the woods and pick up bones and put them in a bag and uh, every now and then take the bag to the police. And uh, it's crazy. And there was new houses being built back there. Mm -hmm. So that also stirred up all the bones. Right. Um, this wasn't someone who just buried the bodies or whatever. Like I said, he just threw them out in the woods. I think he tried burning them and bleaching them. and I think that's after, again, when he destroyed yeah. the skulls because he didn't want to be caught and he wanted to destroy how many people were actually there. Right. So I think part of the problem with accounting for the amount of victims was just the nature of the 80s and 90s casing where it wasn't as accepted and Mm -hmm. the people were already runaways and nobody was looking for them. In fact, I actually think the only reason he got caught was because of a very determined friend of one of the victims Mm -hmm. who knew that he had gone home with a Mr. Smart and then found Mr. Smart again at a bar, if I remember right from the book, um, who found him and like followed him and 
knew who this was the man who, who killed his friend. And that's the only reason that they ever caught this guy or we might still be, he might still be doing his thing. And there was one guy that I think got away. That was the guy that got away. There's been accusations though, that he might've helped her. I do remember that. Yeah. Like he was going to, they were to, I think if I remember in the book, they were together in the pool and he was starting to strangle him with the, uh, water hose and he goes oh you're the guy that's been killing everybody and herb let him like i don't understand that part herb just let him go like oh yeah you're right <laughs> i'll take you back to your car yeah like i you know i don't i don't know so that's probably a little mm, i don't know about that but the atmosphere of being there like on our investigation i felt very like sad and angry while i was there because i just felt so terrible about what had happened to all of these these men, like they're just going there thinking they're going to be having a great time. And, you know, you know, picture you're walking down this long set of stairs into this lower level. You've got a dressing room and a bathroom on your right and this beautiful indoor pool and this really nice bar. And, and this guy's just setting you up to. Yeah. You're thinking you have a safe place to be yourself. Exactly. And, uh... Like this guy wouldn't do this. Like, look, you know, so yeah, it was just, it was a hard investigation. Yeah, we all talked about when you walk down the stairs to the pool, it really was a feeling of sadness. Yeah. And you really did think that, wow, this is the last thing a whole bunch of people saw. Exactly. Yeah. And um, even to make it kind of weirder, he recorded everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, had cameras set, set up on the pool and I think in the game room. Yeah, he, they said they had him in the vents in so the game room. He had recorded and- everything. Herb, um, actually, when the police started closing in on him, he went to Canada and uh, he ended up committing suicide in Canada. But the day before he committed suicide, he was taking a nap in his car, I believe, under a bridge or somewhere he wasn't really supposed to be. And the female police officer went up and told him, like, hey, you can't be here. And she noted there noticed there was a box of. VHS tapes in his back seat. Now, when Herb was found, those VH, VHS tapes were not there. But uh, I can't remember. He wrote a note when he passed about the gun he was using. He wanted to do it in a spot where a child wouldn't. He was worried about a child finding the gun where he was going to kill himself and, and hurting themselves. So it's just like very <laughs> You know, the guy's all worried about, you know, he's killing people, but then he's also worried about like, hey, I don't want a child to find this gun and hurt themselves. So it's, he had some scruples, I guess. There's also on YouTube a video where he had been on the news because a raccoon got hit by a car out in front of his house and the painters, the road painters just painted over the raccoon rather than move it. And he was all incensed that they just painted over this poor raccoon. And I've again, seen you're, that interview. you're looking at that interview and you're like, and this is a mass murder. <laughs> right. Here, this guy killer. is talking outside his gate of his home and you know behind him there's like a pile of mulch that has a bunch of dead bodies in it. But he's worried about the the poor dead raccoon. So he was a very interesting guy. To say the least. (laughs) A lot of uh, different dynamics to hold Herb. So, Yeah, the marriage was very interesting between him and his wife, where it would seem obvious to anybody 
maybe not his wife that something wasn't right, right. in their marriage and uh she eventually was also the one that consented to the search mm-hmm. that while well, they were gone that led to him running um but it took her she resisted that search for a while too i believe and a lot of interesting dynamics in his life yeah i believe they said that after the whole thing was said and done she and the kids moved to town right they were they were i think living in the the town I'm yeah, not they sure. they moved out of the house like briefly, yes. and he had yeah. full free reign or something uh, of that nature. Because they were getting divorced. Yeah, she apparently had had enough of old Herb. Well, so if you know you're a serial, if you're married to a serial killer. Yeah, you know it makes me think she had to have suspected something. I mean, well, heck, your son finds a skull in the woods. I mean, that's kind of strange, right? Like, who I'm just... sure there's a there's a TV show right now that's like. Married to a serial killer because there's a TV show. <laughs> if there's not, we should create one. Yeah, if not, we should create one. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, the investigation was really cool. We investigated. We had, like, free reign of the property. Um, we were able to investigate outside, which a lot of the claims, you know, the the people that lived there at the time we were there, the wife had seen a young man in a red jacket, and he was off... Um, I think on the outside of the woods by the house. And she said what was when she saw it, she could see his um, upper torso, but his legs, you could like see through like where his legs would be. And she was absolutely terrified. And they were looking to see if they could find this guy. And they also had a friend move in to live in the apartment. And he also saw the same person with the red jacket. And he and his dog actually chased after it. I believe they were out for a walk one night and, um, they just had a ton of uh, activity while they were there. The guy that was renting from them in the apartment, he had a ton of activity. Like, he had a lot of scary things happen to him. I don't even know why he stayed there as long as he did, because I would have been out the first thing that time that happened. So I think I remember one story where he kept hearing the knocker yeah, knock on his apartment door, and he opened up the door and noticed that the, the knocker was like, at a 90 degree angle in the air. And then all of a sudden it just dropped and bam, the dog was terrified. So it was, uh, there was a lot of places for us to investigate there. He also saw or had somebody or a spirit of somebody run through the apartment. Yes. I think it was a, a, a guy. Yeah. And he was also having some really weird dreams too, while he was there that I believe he was being chased and uh, like I said, I, I would have been out of there after the first time because that's that's crazy. And we did have it did feel a little weird in the apartment. I think we had a little bit of EMF activity when we were up there. And um, yeah, it was, was that ch- his son's room. That was the apartment Is that what now. It? Yeah. Yeah. Now it was. Yeah. These are some brave people. Yeah. I'd, I mean, if you offered me that room, I'd probably say I can find my own place. That's... Right. Well, the husband was he a coroner? Yes, he was like a coroner's assistant. I believe for a bunch of counties. Yeah. And um, I think his wife was so a was doctor. Like, yeah, and his wife was a doctor. So they were like, so this doesn't bother us. I but if I was bothered. his son, it would bother me. Yeah. I would be bothered. I just want to visit. I don't want. To, I want. To, I don't want to live there. I want to visit and go home. But yeah, it was just. It was awesome. The pool, they they use the pool now, mm-hmm. 
which is kind of creepy. I mean, if you think about it, like if you think about how many people have possibly lost their lives in that pool, didn't one of the – somebody, I thought there was a story they had gotten pulled under the water while they were there. I think that was Joe, the guy in the apartment. The guy in the apartment. Like he was swimming in the pool and he felt like something grab on his – like push him yeah. under. And he thought he was going to drown and whatnot. But – um. So we were able to investigate there. We were in the woods. We went through. We spent a lot of time in the woods. I don't think we had anything happen there. We were out there during the day. We were out there at night. We were over by where the mulch pile where they had found a lot of the dead bodies in the mulch pile. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent quite a bit of time there. And uh, the owner had a lot of stories. He showed us some videos he had, and it was just, it was cool. And, um, like, evidence-wise, did we catch a lot? We caught one. Oh, we caught one really great really EVP. Really great EVP. It's probably one of the best ones we've had, clearest. Um, and we were down in the basement bar. And at the time, we were actually trying to do a ghost box session. And Paul had his ghost box down there. And if I remember correctly, we couldn't get it to work. And... But we all had our recorders running and we caught an EVP and it very clearly sounds it's a male voice and, it, and you hear uh, come here and it's very, very clear. And um, I think we're able to play that for you so you all can hear it, yeah. too. Or maybe it's just on the right side or something. There it was. Could you play it again, Brian? Yeah, that's creepy, especially if you think about everything that's happened in that room. Because I think they said between the pool and the bar is where he would mostly yeah. commit his murders. Even though, oddly enough, one of the big hot spots at this place was the uh, pool pump room. Oh, yeah. And that was considered very active. We had nothing happen there. Um, also upstairs, the men's master bath, I guess apparently things happened. Uh, again, we were in there and nothing happened to us. No. Um, went to the, we did the apartment. We did everywhere. We, you know, any place that the owner told us was a hot spot, we pretty much covered mm-hmm. with EVP sessions. And, um, but we really had headquartered down in the game room pool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time down there. Yeah, I was. I wish we would have caught a little more, but again, just being there and and uh, being in a spot, knowing all the things that had happened and just the terror. I, again, it was more the feeling for me of just being like, this place really just pisses me off. Yeah, it's hard to know exactly where everything happened if you had run of the house by himself at certain times if the oh, wife right. wasn't home. So it's a lot of the eerie feeling you could get around the whole house could just be explained by the fact that we don't really know where he was and what he, how he used the house other than the direct uh, evidence or direct uh, testimony we have from the guy who turned him in, where he was taking them in and everything. It's hard to even know if the victim number is correct because the woods were so hard to excavate and mm-hmm. uh, know how many exact victims they have. They only had 11, like they said, that they confirmed by DNA. And I think they had a hard time confirming those because, like you said, 
you know, back then, like it was kind of like taboo. Mm -hmm. Nobody was really coming forward to saying, oh, yeah, my loved one's missing. And right. um, so they had a hard time, I believe, identifying these people, which in itself is sad, too. Mm -hmm. Well, just recently, they identified one of Gacy's victims. Mm -hmm. It's been how long? 20, 30 years? Yeah. But um, one thing about just mention is the pool, while it's on the lower level, there was a door outside. Mm -hmm. So he would drag the bodies just straight from the pool out into the woods behind the house. Yeah, it was a walkout basement. Yeah, it was so. a walkout basement. Yeah, he found the perfect spot for himself. Yeah, uh, I mean, the woods were no joke. They were pretty thick. And yeah, very you, dense. You could easily hide them, you know, 30 feet in. You wouldn't be able to see anything. And it's strange because of the fields surrounding it. It's, it's a pretty open area, but this patch of woods was ideal if you're going to be able to keep your kids out of there at least. Um, no one's ever going to see in there unless right. they had a reason to come onto the property. And the house is way off of the main road, too. Like, right. you turn in and you're going down, like, this, like, winding driveway. You can I don't even think you can see it from the road. Yeah, it's not a tradition. No, there's a big sign on the road that says it's Fox, Fox Hollow Farm. Farms, yeah. I'm still shocked he was able to keep his kids out of the woods. Yeah. Like, because if most kids, we have to imagine. I mean, that's where they're going to play at, right? We have right. to imagine if the wife was terrified of him that she had impressed that upon them as well. Yeah. Maybe they were just scared of him. That's sad. That's sad. But yeah, it was definitely one of our more um, interesting, um, memorable investigations. And I, I think a lot of it just has to do with the recent history. Again, like I said, a lot of stuff we go to, it happened so long ago. It's like it's hard for us to even picture it happening. But here we have video, you know, like the video of him being interviewed. So you can like see him on TV, see his mannerisms and, um, you know, and like you said, most places where serial killers, they tear it down. Like even Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. That whole building got tore down after all that happened. Gacy's house got tore down. They even changed the address of it because they had so many, you know, looky-loos. And then this place, you know, still stands as so not shocking we, to know there's we, paranormal activity there. We believe that the owners that were there when we investigated have sold it yeah. and left. Um, I have looked and I can't see any place or any reference to doing a paranormal investigations there. So I don't think they're doing it anymore. Whoever now owns it, I don't even know who owns it. Yeah, I remember when we were there, he told us we were going to be one of the last yeah. groups he was letting in. So that was, um, so that's nice that we were able to um, check it out because it's been on TV a few times. I know Ghost Adventures was there. Um, I don't know who else has been there. I know Ghost, Ghost Adventures for sure. So, well, that's our story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, super interesting place. So. I, we'd love to do another investigation there. Yeah. That's why I've been looking to see if there's any other references to it, and I can't find it. But So if like anybody said, knows. In, in the back of the book, you can write the guy, uh, the previous owner, because he helped write a book. Sure. But who knows? That's snail mail. I don't know if it's going to get through or not. It's kind of like yeah. going to the publisher's house. And, yeah, there is um, a book, if anybody's interested, called The Horrors of Fox Hollow Farm. Unraveling the History and Hauntings of a Serial Killer's Home. It's by Richard Estep with Robert Graves. And Robert Graves was the owner at the time, and he helped write this book. And you can find it. On, I found it on Amazon. Yeah, so. Richard Estep is a ghost hunter out of Colorado. Yeah, I think it's available on Kindle and, very cheap, too. I bought the book yeah. right after we did the investigation just to get some more background, and it's, it's very detailed. It's a, And it, there's pictures. Like, who doesn't love pictures? The, I'm surprised by <laughs> how much detail they have, considering <laughs> yeah. how relatively easily he... Managed to evade yeah. detection for so many years. 
So if you're interested in this, like what we're talking about, you, you can get this book. And, and uh, like I said, there's pictures in there. It's very descriptive, like Brandon said. And um, there's other books out there, too. Yeah. But. Yeah. This is the one I was reading. So but if anybody knows how to get a hold of anybody that lives there, you know, shoot us a message. We'd love to go back and uh, check it out. See if we find anything else and or talk to the new owners to see if they're. God bless them. Anything. Yeah, yeah really, know. that would be the most interesting thing is see if they've got separate people going on. having the same experiences. Right. It's a really good way to corroborate uh, things happening. If it's just one person having one thing happen, it's harder to say. But if you have multiple people experiencing Agreed. different activity or even the same activity, then you've got really strong evidence towards some uh, paranormal activity. Well, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Once thank again, you. this is the Illinois Paranormalist fun. tip. And we'll and, be back um, soon with another we'll be podcast. Back with another podcast probably next month, mm-hmm. which we are currently planning to do on the Goldenrod Showboat, which was down in western Illinois, which was a very another very cool place. That was mm-hmm. a crazy, crazy yeah, place. You just, went there multiple times. I was only there once. I've been there like three times. We had a lot of activity just the one time. And doesn't it I no longer there. exist? It didn't. No, it got burned to the ground by yeah. us. And, yeah. But um, we're going to have hopefully special guests right. who ran the, or one was a volunteer, the other one ran the um, association whatever that was trying to preserve it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, it got burned to the ground, though, mysteriously. So uh, you can't go there anymore, but it was an interesting place. You yeah. know, particularly, you were driving on this road through these deep, dark woods, and all of a sudden you come around a corner, and here's this huge showboat. It's a huge, classic-looking, like, steamboat yeah. that's, like, on its side with a great room that's half underwater. Like, it's amazing. Like on the side of the road. Right. It's like, oh, hey. It's amazing <laughs> that we even got to go on it. And yeah. You, you go down one hallway, and there's water. You look through a door. It's, like, it was an unbelievable place. So It was cool. So thank you. Please join us again. Yeah. Tell your friends. Again, reach out. If anybody has anything going on they need some help with, any questions, or if they have any ideas of great and places to to investigate, let us know. We're always looking for ideas, and we are willing to travel, you know. To within limits. Within limits, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if if there were no limits, we'd be, like, all over the place. But, you know, we all have jobs and stuff. Well, except Paul. He's retired. But anyway— So yeah, let us know if you guys have anything and it's been a lot of fun. 